0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to McKay's Music Corner, a musical discussion podcast that and it starts... starts right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to McKay's Music Corner to a musical discussion podcast hopefully everybody's been enjoying this podcast thus far at the time of recording i have three episodes out i don't want to say for a certainty that it's going to be a weekly podcast it just depends on what music is coming out what things there are to talk about in my interest but yeah we'll just see i think that's kind of part of the fun of it is talking about some old songs here talking about newly released songs there Today is mostly going to be talking about releases that have come out in August and the month of September. Okie okay, McDokey, let's talk about a newly released song on Spotify, Two Graves by Anne Berlin. So what's fun about this is, this is Anne Berlin's newest song slash single since their 2014 release, Lowborn. Lowborn being the name of the final album they released before the band disbanded later that year. So they wanted to do one final album, one final tour, but ending things on good terms, a good way to make the fans happy and themselves happy before they stepped away and decided to do other things with life. So yeah, they disbanded after a final show in late 2014, and I actually had the amazing opportunity to see them on their final tour, and they were amazing. I almost, I think uh, Stephen Christian came out into the crowd and I almost was close enough to support his butt almost fell over or something but I was really close and it was so cool it was cool to see this band live and to wish them adieu as they you know disbanded but yeah this is the newest song they've released since that final album since then though in the year 2020 they did start performing live stream performances where they would perform each of their studio albums In full and these would be available to watch via a ticket purchase and then you'd have access to watch the live stream concert instead of just making it solely exclusive to people who bought tickets something that's really cool is they after a month or two from each performance they released it on Spotify so if you wanted you can hear the live performances of 2020 of them performing their each of their albums so i i'm excited to listen to them i've kind of just been letting it pile up and then i'll kind of do a binge but i thought that was really cool and then even more recently than those live streams is the latest song two graves by anne berlin and it was released on september 3rd 2021 via their youtube channel later being released and available on spotify september 24th 2021. so that's the reason i haven't talked about it sooner is Is because i didn't know about it until september 24th when it appeared on my newest releases that's kind of how alongside the social medias of my bands i like the only other way i discover new music from those bands is from the new releases section that spotify puts out it's unfortunately not the best they do miss some songs or releases like i've I've had an album for a band I like come out and it doesn't even show up on the new releases even though I'm following them and I've listened to them for hours. So not the most perfect system on Spotify, but it is a good way to see bands I've listened to what they're up to recently. And so that's why this came to my attention. So it's titled Two Graves and I don't know if this song is officially saying we're back, we're a band again. So I don't know if it's, it's an official thing like saying that, but it definitely feels like a comeback song. If you listen to it, it feels like the song a band would do for a comeback. You know, we're getting back together. It has the energy for that. For me personally, it reminds me of when Chiaros broke up and then got back together, reunited with the singer and vocalist Craig Owens. And they released the song, a new single called "Old Fish Lips Is Dead Now. It has that similar type of energy to it, and that similar excitement, at least from a listener's perspective. When Old Fish Lips is Dead Now came out, it was announcing their return. It was a single that came al- out alongside the news. It was super energetic, and I don't know. It almost fe- both of these songs feel like they were made with the idea behind, you know, a comeback or a resurfacing. So not o- not only was there you know creating a song because that's a band and that's what they do but there was the let's let's make a song and let's make it be the song that gets people excited again for our new music coming out i remember when that Chioto song came out and it blew my mind and i was so excited to be able to hear new music again and you know their their album that they released with their reunion what is now my favorite album of all time and i'll definitely be talking about it in a future episode the album is called devil um but with two graves i think two graves accomplished that same thing for me i mean i really i really enjoy and berlin as a band i have all their cds and i you know i saw them in concert saw them at warp tour one year so i definitely like them but i definitely it's a band that i enjoy in in a different way more casual i guess that you could say with that said, I'm definitely excited for their new music, but I guess I'm trying to say, compared to the Chiotos reunion, this is not as nearly as exciting, especially with me knowing about the livestream performances. They've had activity as a band, quote-unquote, reunited for a while now. This is just the first new material since then. That said, uh, Two Graves accomplishes that same thing. The MVPs, in my opinion, being Stephen Christian's vocals on this track, and then also the amazing drums that are on the track. What was a little surprising to me with this comeback song, this new single, is that the vocals were a lot harsher, a lot more... It's it's a heavier song than I would expect for Anne Berlin. I guess with Feel Good Drag being their most popular song, it definitely has the same energy and aggressiveness, but when you think of other Anne Berlin tracks, they can be very soft and beautiful with some guitar plucking and piano some sad songs but this one is very aggressive and in your face it's very exciting and I I haven't done any research like looking on uh, what this song means for the band going forward but like I said this song brought my attention back to the band I'm gonna see those lives or I'm gonna listen to those live stream albums at some point because it'll be cool to see. To get to hear live versions of albums in full front to back i think that's a really cool way to do things and it, it was a cool way to kind of make do with quarantine restrictions and not being able to do actual concerts so who knows they might they might come back for a actual you know tour at some point in the future maybe even an ep or upcoming album i hope so because it's it's been almost seven years so that'll be really exciting but let's talk a bit about the song itself like i said the vocals of Stephen christian he is the singer of anne berlin he must be practicing because the vocals are just as good as you know their best work their best albums and he's still going strong i don't get the impression at all that they're too old to be coming back and doing new music from this song, I get the impression that they've had their time off, they've they've rested, they've enjoyed some other things, and they are ready to rock your freaking socks off. <laughs> That's the only way to describe it, because everything is so heavy and epic in this song. There's even some kind of almost choir-type sounds in the background, like, I guess, operatic. Is that how you'd say it? Yeah, there's just this... is this is this content is this entertainment me describing sounds (laughs) we'll see but the choruses are really good they're definitely the highlight throughout the song and then it has a really explosive ending the bridge and the lead-up to the ending of the song is really epic they're the most impressive vocals and kind of almost raspy screaming but also with some softness and some regular vocals. It's really cool. And overall, I'm really excited to hear what's what's to come of Anne Berlin. And Two Graves, I would I'd give eight out of ten. I'm really excited. It got me stoked. And we'll see what happens from there. I will I will continue to cover news as it is known to me. But now we're gonna be talking about bands that are still going. And I've recently put out full albums. That is going to be the bulk of today's episode, and I'm really excited to talk about it because it's something I haven't done on this podcast yet. I'm a little nervous. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm the best reviewer, so I'm just going to kind of give my thoughts and my impressions on these albums, what I liked, what I disliked, what I would have changed, and also mention the songs that are my favorites that appear on these albums. Alright, so the first album I am going to be talking about today is Screen Violence by Churches. This is Churches' fourth studio album, and it was released on August 27th, 2021. So based on what I've heard of other Churches' releases, this album feels a lot darker and more somber than the Churches' on those other albums. But at the same time, they still maintain that touch. It's, It's what makes the band unique what makes them them this album has a lot of songs that to me invoke the emotions of struggling drowning desperation but there are also some songs sprinkled throughout like California that are more upbeat to help it from being you know absolutely depressing and the beautiful yet simple album art and album title convey this darkness as well the kind of themes of horror and desperation The album cover has this dark red color, and it's got this TV with a hand reaching on these blinds. Definitely look at it and check it out so you know what I'm talking about. But when you look at this image, you don't think, oh boy, some happy songs. You, you know you're in for a dark ride, and I was pleasantly surprised by it, because their, uh, their stuff before it was a lot happier, and da- you know, I, there were songs that I loved to dance to, or sing to, on previous albums. So after hearing the singles, I was definitely excited to see the more darker tones be approached. And those feelings are definitely present throughout the album, and it makes it feel cohesive and complete in that way. There's also some elements of horror, like I said, too, with, you know, the eerie artwork and lots of the lyrics, especially in the song Final Girl, which the title itself is a reference to the female main character who survives till the end of the horror movie. But not only are those themes present, but it goes even deeper with songs talking about breaking the norm or defying expectations, like in the song He Said, She Said and Good Girl. So it's not all just darkness and that thing. It's all those negative feelings and emotions and experiences. The singer also sings about fears and places where she feels she fell short. And so lots of relatable stuff for me and to anyone who has felt down on occasion. But while these dark, somewhat depressing themes and feelings are explored it never feels like a depressing experience itself there's this strength in numbers type of feeling like you're not alone and that's what's important when it comes to songs that deal with these type of topics you never want the song to be a reason why you're feeling these feelings it always needs to be relatable and an aid it needs to assist the listener in working through those same feelings and experiences and I think that's what this album does. I can listen to this album and separate it from things that might trigger negative emotions. It's able to be an enjoyable experience while still having those feelings explored. This album also has quite a few longer tracks. Usually you see songs going for three to four minutes, you know, three and a half... That way they can be played on the radio without any edits. But I appreciate the three different songs that go over longer than five minutes on this album. And to be honest, those are some of my favorite tracks off this record. The length feels justified and it never feels like the song is dragging in any way. It feels like the song is evolving and continuing to tell the story. So I really like that. It doesn't just feel like things repeating over and over and over and over. Oh my god, when is this going to end? It feels justified. It's giving the song room to breathe and be what it needs to be. There's no there's no rush to end it, and, oh, you know, we gotta cut it here, it's getting a little long. But when you think about Bohemian Rhapsody, a song almost everyone knows and loves by the band Queen, it's a really long song. I'm glad that more and more bands are feeling like they have the option to go as long as they need to. I'm talking more than I thought I would about the length of songs, but... The opening song, Asking For A Friend, and then the track, How Not To Drown, and then my favorite song off the album, Violent Delights, are all tracks that go over five minutes, just just for funsies, just to let you know. While there are definitely songs on this record that I like better than the other ones, I don't think there's a single weak track on the album. I wouldn't think any of the, the songs are skippable to me, it's all enjoyable and cohesive while still being able to offer variety of sounds not a single song spot went to waste there are 10 songs total and this band made sure that they were the best of the best so yeah if you're a fan of horror or you're a fan of like electronic and really cool female vocals (laughs) i don't know how else to say that i would definitely give this band a shot and you could even start with this album and then go 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 backward from there my favorite song off this album is titled violent delights and that will be the song featured on this episode's Spotify playlist I also really enjoy nightmares how not to drown and he said she said which was covered on a previous episode all right now let's give this album a rating as far as rating system goes I think I'm just gonna do it out of 10 stars I feel like that's a fair balanced system that works And I'm not afraid to go into the decimal places. So for Screen Violence by Churches, I give this 8.5 out of 10 stars. All right, the next album I want to discuss and review is called Mercury Act One by Imagine Dragons. So this is Imagine Dragons fifth studio album and it was released on September 3rd, 2021. I've discussed some Imagine Dragons in the past Obviously, I was a huge fan of their single, Wrecked, and that was from this album. So I was really excited, you know, maybe maybe this will be a winner for me. Maybe I'll enjoy all of it. Unfortunately, that was not the case. For me, it repeats a pattern that I find in Imagine Dragons albums. And more or less, I ended up only really liking half of the songs. So let's discuss that a bit. Let's start with some positives. We need a bit of positivity before we get all dirty. Good God. So I have to give props to the opening song of the track. Having a good opening track can really be what makes or breaks the album, because if it doesn't impress you upon first listen, chances are some people might just not even listen to the rest of it, even if there are amazing tracks following that first song. So I'm really happy to say that the song titled My Life is a fantastic opening song. It's the good example of what Imagine Dragons is to me. It's very emotional. It has soft and hard vocals, soft instrument, hard instrument. And what I mean by that is there's acoustic guitar before getting a bit heavier. And it has a big satisfying build-up and finale with the bridge and the refrain. And I really like it. This is another song off the album that really hit the spot for me. I think this is the extent that Dan Reynolds should go with his harsher vocals any further, and it sounds not my favorite. But, you know, I could be in the minority, because I, I did go through the album discussion on Reddit, and a lot of people seem to like all of the album, though there were some f- few that agreed with me about the tracks I'll discuss in just a moment. Let's talk about the tracks called Giants and Cutthroat. So Cutthroat was actually one of the first singles released for this album, so I had heard it prior to the album being released. But Giants and Cutthroat are unlistenable to me. (laughs) This is the example of where the harsh vocals or screaming, screamo, you know, screamo bands, this is where it misses the mark. This is an example to me of things not done right and almost going into cringy territory, in my opinion. These tracks are ones I skip, I don't want to hear them, and, you know, I get what the songs were going for, but ultimately I just, I can't listen to them, they're they're painful to my ears, nails on a chalkboard type of stuff. (laughs) I might be being super harsh, but I just, I gotta let it off my chest. And here's the thing, I'm a fan of screaming or unclean vocals. I really like that stuff. Alisana, System of a Down, heavier bands that have some wacky, harsher vocals and screaming. I don't think Dan Reynolds does it right. I don't think he properly knows how to do it in an artistic manner. This comes across as very forced and unprofessional. Because there's very much an art to screaming and to those types of vocals. And I just don't think he has what it takes for it. What he should have done, in my opinion, is the the type of vocals that are a bit heavier or harsher, like in the chorus for the song My Life. You're able to hear the emotion, what he's trying to get across. When you're doing those type of vocals, it conveys something. And it's accomplished in the song My Life, but in these songs it feels like a cat in a blender. The rest of the album, unfortunately, isn't very impressive. The songs Monday and Number One both just remind me of better songs. If I do get around to listening to them, I just get reminded of those better songs, and wanna. I'd rather listen to those instead. But not all of it is bad. I did enjoy another track off this record. No Time for Toxic People. It has a really good, optimistic vibe to it. It's a song that makes me want to walk down a sidewalk, throwing out my feet like some Disney character, pepping my step, arms swinging dramatically, and it's it's an enjoyable song. It's, it's not like above and beyond creative wise, but it's a song that I enjoy listening to. My only minor gripe with the song is really early on, Dan Reynolds pronounces the word exactly, and he pronounces it really odd. He says exactly. He might even be technically right. It just sounds weird to me, but that's my only gripe with that song. Only slightly bothers me. (laughs) Follow You is a, I think that was their first single that went along with Cutthroat. I really like that song, it's a catchy radio one, and the music video is really fun and comedic. I enjoy that song, along with Wrecked, and My Life, and No Time for Toxic People. And then it ends on the song titled One Day, and... Uh, it's okay. I think it's really underwhelming for a closing song. It misses the mark for me, I don't even remember how it sounds, it's that forgettable. But I'm, I'm not sure what to change it out with, to be honest. Because there aren't really any other strong tr- tracks that have closing song energy to me. So I don't know what they would have changed out with. It just, it was a little underwhelming. Yeah, so I kind of really ripped Imagine Dragons a new one. I do recognize that there are some amazing, catchy, and even songs full of heart throughout this album roughly i enjoy half of the album and the half i do like is really good but i just can't ignore the stuff that i found meh or even worse cringy and i just couldn't get past that maybe imagine dragons just isn't the band for me and i can concede for that so my rating for the album mercury act one by imagine dragons is 5.5 stars out of 10. Alright, so the next album I am going to cover is titled, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power by Halsey. The album cover is great. I like the imagery here. I know it could be probably controversial and upset some old people, but I like what it conveys. It conveys this sense of power. She's sitting on a throne, and she has a baby, and she has a... a boob exposed, and it conveys this sense of power and this confidence in the power of womanhood and motherhood. I I really liked how vulnerable Halsey was on this album, and it felt like they really pushed themselves to try new and even risky things. There are lots of fun, unique sounds throughout the record. The first song is like this dark, almost haunted kind of piano track and I think it really works for an opening track and kind of introducing the story that this album gives and it probably ties up even better with the fact that there's a film that goes along with this album. There's a lot of diversity throughout this album, so I think there's I think there's a little bit of something for everyone, including maybe some of the earlier Halsey fans and people who enjoy some of maybe the catchier, poppier songs. Probably my favorite aspect to this album is the lyrics. And I'm, I'm a really big lyric fan. I really like diving into the lyrics and what they can mean and being really creative and telling a story. And so I really enjoyed the lyrics that appear on this album. I'll highlight some of the, kind of some of the favorite parts and lyrics that appear throughout songs so on bells and santa fe i really like the simple but meaningful all of this is temporary and she sings this this line over and over again as the song swells into this chaotic noise and then abruptly cuts to the next song which is easier than lying which also has some great lyrics I just like how things are done and performed, and how things lead up to different songs. Easier Than Lying is a very aggressive track, and it's the one I decided to choose to include on the playlist. The lyric that I really like from Easier Than Lying is, Losing you is easier than lying to myself that you love me. You can tell that they are meaning the words they are singing. You just feel that in the power of the lyrics, and the the vocals, sorry. In the song Lilith or Lilith, I'm not sure how, how it's pronounced, this song has a little is a little low on the instrumentation, but they really spit out some really cool vocals. The lyric I like from this song is, the more that you have, the more that you give away, the more that you have, the more that you give away, the more that you have, the more that they take. The lyrics alone for that I think are really cool, but what they do alongside the singing of those lyrics is they have the song kind of error out and fade into the next song as they end on the more that they take. So it has like this, more that they <laughs> So yeah, to give you an idea of what it sounds like, it's something like that. And it's really cool how it fades into the next song. And Halsey adds some real cool diversity by having uh, the song Darling, which is a beautiful acoustic track to kind of break things up. Some of the other songs that appear before it are a little more angrier. But this this song is really beautiful, and it feels like a song written to the child that she she gave birth to. And, you know, the the child that this song, or this album, was kind of inspired by. The whole album deals with the themes of motherhood and birth and the changing of the body. It's, it's just really interesting. I don't know if I've seen an album or music cover this type of topic, so it was really cool to hear. The song 1121 also has some really cool lyrics. Please don't leave, don't leave me in the shape you left me. Please don't leave, just leave me in the place you found me, safe and soundly. And 1121 is a song about the emotions and fears of finding out you're pregnant. The song is titled 1121 because Halsey found out that they were pregnant on November 21 of 2020. You know, it doesn't say it outright in the song, but it's a really cool kind of behind-the-scenes or trivia to go along with the album and the song titles. But it's, it's a really beautiful moment on the song. It's, it's, it's this pleading, this emotional pleading, they don't want to be left different than they were before they were pregnant. It's really vulnerable and I really appreciate it. I, I can't even begin to imagine what it's like to to become pregnant and to have that change in your body over such a, you know, short period of time, but also such a long period of time at the same time. Nine months is a almost a full year. Isn't it nine months? <laughs> I'm a gay, I don't know. <laughs> But, you know, it transforms you, and I I like that perspective. And I'm not going to discuss all the other songs, you know, but Honey is a really enjoyable one, talking about this relationship that Halsey had with another woman and how she's sweet like honey. And then I Am Not A Woman, I Am A God is a really fun song you might hear on the radio. And it's really powerful, though, at the same time. So overall, this album is really good. I like the experimentation with it, the different sounds offered on it compared to previous releases of Halsey's. It's definitely an album I'm gonna listen to more from start to finish rather than you know on shuffle or a song here, a song there, but that is not at all a bad thing. If anything, it speaks to the thought and effort that went into making this an enjoyable experience from start to finish, and I, I do that with plenty of records. So for If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, I'm giving this 8 out of 10 stars. So next we're going to discuss Particles by A Great Big World. And I believe this was also released on August 27th, 2021. So quite a few albums came out that day. This is the newest release by A Great Big World, their third studio album. Highly anticipated for me, and boy did it take for what felt like forever. And something this episode kind of has in common with all of these albums is strong opening songs. I think each of these albums I've discussed today has a really strong opening song, which is really important. And even though I didn't ultimately enjoy A Great Big World's new album, they had a strong opening song, and it was a song that kind of reminded me of the stuff I liked about this band. I like the fact that this song, Glowing, originated from being a lullaby. The singer would sing to his child. I think that's a really cool fact about it, and I like that they were able to transform it and make it into a Great Big World song. I guess there are other tracks like Fall On Me and the cover of Boys In The Street that also kind of encapsulate what I think about the band, but unfortunately everything else is just really gloomy. All the other tracks on this album are just gloomy and depressing and even i hate to say it but bland i just there wasn't anything unique or fun or exciting about this album and so it just contrasts even harsher with what i thought i knew of a great big world because you expect something vibrant and happy and you know kind of reminiscent of a a musical you know they had vibes of a musical with their first album and there's just none of that fun or excitement on this album anywhere in my opinion it was really disappointing this was a huge letdown for me it to give you an idea one of the songs off this record starts with the lyric am I really gonna die here what the freak this is not what I expect to hear from a great big world song. What do you mean am I going to die here? I don't I don't know if one of the band members went through some like traumatic life-threatening experience or what, but it feels like something 3 Days Grace would write, you know. <laughs> and we've we covered we covered screen violence by churches and how they were able to discuss darker themes but this, an album that does the same thing, but it just doesn't work for me. I don't feel lifted up, or, you know, I don't feel like there is that same... I don't know what happened, it's like Chad went bald, and with his hair went all the joy and optimism that A Great Big World used to deliver. Not even the one gay song that appears on this album cheers me up, cause it's a cover of a sad song! I really wish that the band would have tapped into the energy and fun and nostalgia that was in the track Younger, which they released in 2018. I really thought that was the vibe they were going to go with, because Younger is just such a great track. It's really fun, has the theme of nostalgia and reminiscing on older times and the fun of growing up, and even includes some retro game noises and fun nods. I was really excited for that to be the direction they stepped in next stepped in that <laughs> makes it sound like it's a turd oh my gosh i don't know i just i i have nothing really good to say about this glowing was a fine song i like the vocals in that and uh, but everything else is just it misses the mark Usually what you like to see with bands in quarantine is bands pushing themselves creatively and finding new ways to record music and to go out of their comfort zones. But this record just felt like the result of a group of people trapped in a room saying, I don't know, guess we could do that. It was just sad. The songs are, they just make me gloomy. They make me not want to listen to them. And particles, the only particles I'm feeling on this album are particles of dust. Because ultimately that's what it's going to lead up to. This is going to just collect dust, I'll forget about it, and probably will never listen to it again. I really like this band. I really like, you know, the energy that they gave when they performed live the one time I saw them with my husband. But I just expected something more and it sadly didn't deliver. So for my rating, I'm going to have to give this album 3 out of 10 stars all right so the final album i want to talk about on today's episode is montero by lil nas x montero was released september 17th 2021 and has a total of 15 tracks this is lil nas x's debut album and it has been highly anticipated for quite a while He released his first single, Montero, Call Me By Your Name, on March 26, 2021, and it has since received over a billion listens on Spotify alone. This titular song also serves as the opening track to the album titled Montero, which I think was a perfect choice. I think it starts the record off with energy, and it showcases Lil Nas X's talent in a short amount of time. And I think it's fun because, you know, it's the most popular single and song that he's released besides Old Town Road, and for that to be the start to his album, it's kind of like a friendly gateway into the album itself. It's like Lil Nas X is putting out his hand, stretching it towards you, and asking, Join me. And if you already know the song, you're taking the hand, and you're having him lead you into the full album. This was an album I really looked forward to, because I've enjoyed all the songs that Lil Nas X has released so far, and I've loved seeing each song get better and better, and that's something I personally believe, is that with each new song that he's been releasing prior to the release of this album, I feel like they've just got better and better in terms of sound and creativity. To name two of my favorites that came out prior to this album, it would be Panini and Holiday. So yeah, with those songs to go off of, and the few singles that came out in anticipation of this album, I had really high expectations set. Lil Nas X did not disappoint. Each song off Montero is fantastic, and the production on it is great. The album has the perfect blend of fun, catchy songs, and also emotionally vulnerable ones that tell of relatable feelings and stories. The album also offers a handful of features on tracks including Elton John, Megan Thee Stallion, and Miley Cyrus. Speaking of songs with features, my least favorite track off the record would definitely have to be Scoop featuring Doja Cat. And this is for a few reasons. Reason number one, I hate Doja Cat on this song. Her voice bugs me and it doesn't sound good in my opinion. It feels like she tries to be quirky and fun with her voice and her rapping, but it just isn't an enjoyable experience for me. She doesn't ruin the song, because the song is still enjoyable, but she definitely is the worst part about the track, and, I hate to say it, probably the worst part about the album. Reason number two for Scoop being my least favorite track is because the song heavily borrows from the sound of Spoil My Night featuring Sway Lee by Post Malone. This is a song that appears on Post Malone's Beerbongs and Bentleys album. And from what I understand, this is with permission from the original artists. It's just a very noticeable, identifiable sound. So when I first heard this and I didn't know the the story behind it, I was something fell off to me. I didn't understand why this track was not vibing well with me. And suddenly I realized, oh my gosh, this sounds just like Spoil My Night. This is an outrage. But upon doing some more research, it does look like it was interpolated or, you know, sampled for this song. Obviously, it had to have been done with permission, otherwise there'd be lawsuits aplenty. Even with the permission from it, it just still doesn't become a its own thing as much as I'd like it to. And I just end up thinking of the Post Malone song... Overall, this album is amazing, and each track has earned its spot. With longer albums by artists, sometimes it can feel like there are several stinkers that somehow made it past the chopping block, but should not have. But this is not the case for Montero. Each song is great, and they stand out from each other, and the album feels cohesive and complete. My favorite feature song would have to be Am I Dreaming, featuring Miley Cyrus. I think the song and the sounds and vibe of the song really mesh well with Miley's vocals. It feels like a song that was made to have her accompany it. So when verse 2 comes around and Miley is now lending her beautiful voice, it doesn't feel out of nowhere or it doesn't feel out of place. Let me name my handful of favorite songs. Now these are going to be the songs that lean more towards the emotional side and more vulnerable aspect that appears on Montero, the album. So if if those aren't your thing, I would say just listen to all the other songs that remain. But here's my list, and this is in order of appearance. My favorites are Dead Right Now, That's What I Want, Lost in the Citadel, Tales of Dominica, Sun Goes Down, Void, and Life After Salem. And all of these, what they have in common is probably the most emotion and most vulnerability, like I said. They offer stories that are very sad and touching. In Dead Right Now, Lil Nas X talks about his rise to fame and people who reach out to him even though they didn't believe in him at first... And it's just really sad, you know? You don't think of the sadness of becoming you know, super famous and people you thought you knew trying to benefit from you or now they're trying to make amends. And so that's what a lot of the song is about, is you're dead right now, you're dead to me. That's What I Want is a really fun, upbeat love song talking about looking for a boy who can cuddle with me all night. And the chorus is just so happy and poppy but my favorite song of all time off this album is going to have to be Sun Goes Down. Upon first hearing it and seeing the music video that accompanies it, I just really fell in love with it. The song Sun Goes Down feels like a really personal and emotional letter to Lil Nas X's younger self. A younger Lil Nas X that is insecure, who's bullied, who doesn't know how he fits in wants to love but doesn't know if he's allowed to it's a really sad but also really hopeful track so yeah overall i obviously really love the album i've listened to it plenty of times start to finish or even just listening to songs here or there i think lil nos x picked the perfect songs he honed them up made them as great as they could be, and put them in a good order, I think. I know some people were saying there was a different track list originally, but honestly, I'm fine with how the track list order turned out. I think it vibes pretty well. I know he is planning on releasing a deluxe album, so who knows what kind of wrench that'll throw into the gears. But at, at the very least, there will be some fun new songs to listen to in the future, made during the Montero cycle. Overall, I'm going to give this album 9.5 stars out of 10. I don't want to say it's perfect, but it's it's nearly there. Whew. All right, everybody. Well, that was the episode, episode four. I really appreciate all the listens that have occurred so far. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. Thank you for giving this podcast a, a chance. If you have any... Suggestions on how to improve this podcast, please let me know. Make sure to check out the playlist that will be included with this episode. It will include more or less my favorite track off of each album, as well as the Anne Berlin song I discussed at the beginning of the episode. You can follow McKay's Music Corner at Instagram, and that's it. All right, well, this is McKay's Music Corner signing off. Ooh, spookier for October, maybe. Bye. McKay's Music Corner. Bye.